This is the Ordinary Christian Podcast, a podcast dedicated to real people like you seeking to live out your Christian faith in the ordinary aspects of everyday life. My name is Craig Thompson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm a husband, father, pastor, and writer. I hope that this podcast will help you to use the margins of your everyday life to live more intentionally for Jesus. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. I would encourage you that if you're benefiting from this, uh, do us a favor, share it with somebody, leave a um, leave a rating, or if you want to leave an awesome comment, that would be helpful. But regardless, we just appreciate you being a part of listening to this podcast. So grateful that we can do anything that might benefit you. Today on this episode of the podcast, I have my friend Lanny Gunter. Lanny's a member at Malvern Hill Baptist Church here, where I get to pastor. Um, he's also a veteran and a business owner and a lot of other things. But uh, in addition, he's a husband and a father. I've asked Lanny to come on today because he has a pretty wonderful, incredible story of how God rescued him, redeemed him, and has really given him uh, a, a new lease on life in many ways. So, uh, Lanny Gunner, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Man, thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So, um, I gave a little bit of an introduction, but tell us about your wife, your kids. Well, as you said, my name's Lanny Gunner. I'm glad to hear we're still friends after quail season this year. <laughs> we didn't get to do much hunting. Um I'm a big outdoorsman, um, married, my wife Lee, and we have two sons, um, Tanner and Waylon. Uh, we go to church here at Malvern Hills, like I said, uh, like Craig said, just uh, a business owner, a veteran, and uh, trying to trying to grow in Christ. So you guys have been here 10 years? Almost 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to say about nine, eight or nine years. Okay. And I'll baptize you. Oh, what was that? Now I'm really having no worries. Okay. <laughs> it's been about six years ago. Has it been that long ago? Yeah. Okay. So um, I've, I've asked you to come because you've you've really gotten a little bit more comfortable in the past couple of years sharing your testimony. And I told you probably a year ago, I, I heard you share your story, and I wanted to get that story in a, in a medium where other people could hear it. So this is one of the ways that we can kind of capture that and allow others to hear it. Um, but uh, just to kind of set the stage, not too long after you guys started visiting the church, me and you went to lunch. You remember this? Uh, you said, I'd like to go to lunch. I'd like to tell you about myself. Um, and so we went. We went. Uh, that, that restaurant closed shortly after. I don't know if we shut it down or what. But uh, I, I'm not going to call them out like that, you know, but it's closed. Um, but uh, they had some tax issues or something. But um, but we went, we went to lunch, and I wasn't entirely sure what, we were going to talk about, but you just told me that you wanted me to know a little bit more about you. And so we sat down and, and the first words out of your mouth, do you remember this? You said, I, I should, I should have been dead at least twice by now. <laughs> and right, I said, right. all right, well, we are off to a great start. <laughs> what have I got myself into? Yeah. And so, um, what's funny is, is, is a lot of people say that. And then, but for you, like there's there's some real specific examples. So we're going to revisit some of that uh, a little bit. Um, but before we go to the backstory, you know, where are you today in your in your walk with Christ, and what what are you doing to try and uh, honor Christ? How are you serving the Lord in His kingdom right now? So we've got involved here at our church with the the younger kids helping out. Uh, my wife and I both have a passion for that, so um, we just 
we, we, we love on these kids and I mean, we've got younger kids. So, um, you know, that's, that's, where we're doing, doing that at church and we're, you know, trying to grow as a family, learning how to navigate those waters of doing family devotions and, and, uh, getting into a habit and teaching our kids of how to get into a habit of leading their families, you know, hopefully one day. Yep. So that's, that's where you are today. Right. But that's certainly not where you've always been. Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, uh, just start wherever you want to start. Um, you know, I, 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 what, what leads Lanny to the place? Because I think a lot of times people hear something like, you're a dad who loves Jesus, serving your local church and trying to do family devotions. They're like, man, look at this super Christian. I'll never get to that level. Like he, he must have started out on the top and was set up for success. And I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so far away from that. I could never get there. So start, start wherever you want and tell us sort of the, the, the beginnings of that story. Well, I, I grew up in church. Um, so, you know, my family took me to church, grew up Sunday school, knew, you know, knew all the, knew all the answers, you know, we get asked different, different things and knew, knew what to tell people. Um, and, uh, just grew up, but never had that relationship with Christ. Um, I think I was about 12, I think about 12, 11, 12 years old. And all my friends were going up at church and uh, accepting Christ, and I just didn't want to be left out. So um, there was never any a change in my life. It was just going through the motions. And um, so, I, you know, as, my, as I got older in my life, there was no relationship with Christ. I was still, still pretty good at being a sinner. And... Uh, just kind of perfected my craft, I guess, um, <laughs> if, if that's what you want to call it. But, uh, you know, just just seemed like all through my life there were things that it just it just kept getting worse and worse. But um, it wasn't something that happened real fast. You just, you know, you don't become a, a great sinner overnight. Hmm. You just, it's one, one thing after another. Hmm. That's a good, good point. Like, it just, they, they begin to stack up. Right, I mean... I look at it like if the devil was to come at me straight on, just kind of like a shock and all, you bet, man, you, you just recognize it, you know? And uh, it just, you know, maybe a lie here or, or a drink there or something like that. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, I'm drinking all the time and I'm lying all the time. And now I'm just an outright selfish person. So wow. it, it just, it just kind of combines itself over, over the years. So you high school, you leave high school. What's your next step? High school, went to work, was traveling, doing construction, um, you know, still still being, still living the sinful life, out drinking and partying, doing stuff, you, you know, just working, just, you know, everybody else was like, oh, this is just a normal guy, he's just, you know, doing normal things, and uh, after that, I went into the service, I went into, I went into the Air Force, and anybody that's been into the military, there's there's tons of opportunities you're, you're being stressed out stuff like that but there's there's tons of opportunities to to you know grow your sin i mean every every door you go through there's alcohol there's you know there's women i mean it's you, your opportunities grow there and it it just it was a it was a time where it kind of expedited my my sinful nature so okay but in, in the midst of that, you, you found some success in the military. I did. Um, How many years? 
Oh, what we do? Four years active and two years okay. at the guard. Okay. So moved up pretty quick. Uh, you know, team lead moved up pretty quick. You know, just always been a hard worker. You know, just just your average guy, just wanting to succeed. Like I said, if you t- you go back and talk to just about anybody, they're not going to say, "Well, Lanny was just this horrible person." Mm-hmm. You know, they're just he was just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just that's the way the world perceived me. Yeah. Yep. So you go, you spend some time in some other places, right? Right. Did some overseas and stuff like that. You, you get exposed to a lot of things that when you come home, it's kind of it's kind of tough tough to really just deal with. So when I come home. Really became, I, I say, a functioning alcoholic. Okay. Um, so you're in your mid twenties at this point, mid late twenties. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So just a functioning alcoholic, just probably one of the lowest times in my life. Just couldn't figure things out. Nothing. You go from, you know, having a a job in the service to coming home and you know having trouble finding work and nobody really cares what you did in the service. So just a real low point in my life and. Um, I mean, it, it could have took a turn and went a lot worse than it did right then, but just kind of picked myself up and okay. with friends and family, they, they're like, yeah. you know, snap yourself out of this. Yeah. So started, started on my own company. When, once I started that company, it kind of gave me something to, you know, kind of curb my, my drinking and whatnot. So it gave me something to focus on. Mm-hmm. So we kind of worked towards that goal. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we did over the next few years was just working on building a business and mm-hmm. building a brand and you know was focusing on the wrong things. Okay. So is there a point where you can go back and look? So, I, I, and what I appreciate is we don't have to get into all the gory details to recognize that you were actually by most people's standards things looked okay, but inside you were pretty miserable. Right. I mean. If you look back on it, it's easier to look back on it now and say, "Well, yeah, things were things were just south, you know." But um, in the moment, you're like, "Oh well, I, I just came through. I came through a bad point in my right. life, and I've I fixed this." So I mean, throughout throughout my my story, my life, it's always I've fixed this. I've done this, and you know, I pulled myself out of that functioning alcoholism. Mm. So you know, it wasn't. Is there like a turning point that you can look back? I mean, even even before we get to Christ, is there like a like a? Some people talk about reaching rock bottom. Was there that point for you where you were like, boom, this is it, I'm done. At the time, I would say I I was pretty close to the bottom. You know, I, you know, I guess you don't really realize you're at the bottom. You know what I mean? I mean? Like looking back, I was like, you know, I probably could have got a lot worse. I mean, later on, later on, we find out that there was a lot worse. But yeah. uh, you know, at that point. It, it, it was pretty bad, but, you know, looking back on it, no, I wasn't at rock bottom then. I just knew this wasn't going to work. Okay. We had to we had to make a change and, you know. And we're we. Who is we at this point? We, that's me. That's me. Okay. That's, it's I, like the royal plural there, right? <laughs> Everybody always, you know, being in business and stuff and Lee, my wife, she picks on me. She's, you know, you always say we. And I'm like, I'm always a team player. So whether it's me or whatever, I'm always thinking of. But at that point in time, it wasn't there, much of a team. Was, no, there no. wasn't no team. It was me. It was me and, and my sin. So I guess we. <laughs> you, you and the devil, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, we had to pick ourselves up and move on because yeah. if not, and looking back on it, I guess you could say the devil almost had me right there. Okay. Um, if, if I hadn't have 
pick myself up and and got focused on something else. It would okay. have been real easy to me, or easy for me to succumb to okay. where I was at. Okay. All right. So at this point, military service, some pretty terrible things in in the service. You come back. You're battling through that. Right. Right. They're really struggling. I, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. Alcoholism, probably some depression. Like, yeah, just trying to deal with. I mean, anybody that's been in the service, whether you know you were depending on what you did, it's it's a huge adjustment. Right. Um, and what you did was, I mean, I'm not not picking like I never served, so and I'm not downplaying anybody who did serve in any capacity. But what you did was. Was was pretty pretty difficult spots. A lot of times you had to deal with a lot of hard stuff. So yeah, you very, came back with a whole lot of that in, in your plate, a whole lot on your mind. Right. So yeah, it was it was a lot of stuff to kind of decompress, and it's it's hard to it's hard to get over that stuff. And it took years, even after that, even though I was focused on something else, it, it took years to kind of deal with it. And it's it's still something you kind of still have to deal with, but you know not. Um, it's not not as bad as it, it was. Okay, so you you begin to try and battle out of this alcoholism. You try to trade some of that dependency on alcohol for a dependency on work, a business, or a bit work. Work. Yeah, <laughs> work. So it's we just one addiction for another. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Let's let's not focus on the alcohol. Let's focus on work. Yeah. So I mean, we just really kind of dove in on that and. Like, and again, see. we. This is just Lanny at this point in time. That's me and the me and my sin. Me okay. and the devil. We're diving right. in. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really just kind of dove in on that and just kind of progressed, you know. And just like in the service, everything I've done, we, we moved up, mm-hmm. or I moved up. I, I had a team of people that were working with me, um, working for me, and I mean, we just okay. took it to the next level. Yeah. So, work wise. And then what happened? So then, <laughs> the best part. <laughs> so then, um, I was in a relationship that um, probably shouldn't have been in. Um, <laughs> looking back, I guess. You think? <laughs> I mean, Lee's going to listen to this. You don't need to say I probably shouldn't have been in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those moments where like like you shouldn't have been in. You don't want to yeah. go home to Lee after having messed up those words. No, yeah. no. I mean, this is we've had this conversation over and over. It's one of those moments in your life you just look back and you're like man what in the world was I doing what was I thinking and that kind of plays back on what I was talking about with sin it doesn't just all happen at once because okay. everybody be like what in the world yeah you know it's almost like being pushed down in the mud and okay. you're looking around like I can't move huh. okay. I was in a position that just I was in a relationship and it was just a bad spot and um this this person had made some bad choices and uh, decided to to kind of cut that off. Okay. And um, you know we weren't going to jeopardize the the business and stuff that I built mm-hmm. to get there, and and uh, it it wasn't received real well. So um, I was at my house, and this individual shot me mm-hmm. um, three foot away with a thirty eight special. So, um, that's why I say, you know, you look back, that wasn't the lowest point in my alcoholism. This, this right here was the beginning of the low, you know, probably the lowest point in my life. Um, I was, I was shot three feet away with a 38 special. Um, at the time I thought it had just kind of grazed off my back. It just kind of feels some immense heat. Um, 
numbness and tingling in some limbs. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to get myself out of this situation. And uh, was able to get out of the situation and, um, you know, get myself to safety where, you know, I was airlifted to a hospital. And then, you know, I, I remember looking back, uh, maybe maybe the girl that was in the ambulance, poor thing, she, she must not have been on the job real long, but she was having trouble running my IV. And uh, I remember looking at her and said, hey, just calm down. I, I, I don't really care for needles. I said, if you, if you got one chance, you want me to help you? And, uh, you know, my previous job, I was able to, to learn some of those skills. But I remember that and the whole, the whole situation and all the chaos that I, I just remember that girl saying, having, having yeah. trouble. And, uh, you know, here I am in, a, in another state, no family. I'm in a hospital by myself. Uh, my family's four hours away. With a bullet lodged in you. Yep. And I'm not excited, never had surgery or anything like that. I'm sitting here going, they're going <clears> to <throat> cut me open, scared to death. But, you know, most people are like, oh, you get scared of being shot. I was scared of having surgery. Yeah. <laughs> the shot was over with. <laughs> yeah, we're point. done. Yeah. We're done. But um, I think... Um, you know, they, they couldn't remove the bullet. Um, it's it's there. Uh, that doctor came in and told me, he said, if we go in and remove it, it's you're probably going to be paralyzed. And he looked at me and he, he told me, he says, you know, I can probably get in some trouble for telling you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You probably need to hear it. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I can't tell you why you're here. And... If for some reason why you are here, he says, I can't tell you why you're not paralyzed from here down. So it's like from my from my chest down. So I was like, man, most people that would probably hit them pretty hard. But I was like, man, I got myself out of that situation. That boy. I, I yeah. did this. You know? Yeah, it's good. And uh, I think I said something smart to him. That's just where I was in my life. It wow. was okay. just all about all about me, really. So at that, that point, we had a, or we, I had a pretty... You're gonna make me self conscious of it. <laughs> you and Lee ganging up. She called you before this. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. So I um, I had a pretty long recovery. Recovery. There was nothing they could do. I was in a cast above, you know, from the waist up. So I had perfect posture for the next like year. Um, so I went from being pretty active to not being able to do anything, and um, it, it was just. In the meantime of all that happening, and this is why I say this was, you know, this was the lowest point. I'd literally lost everything. Um, I think I was living with my parents. I, I mean, I had nothing. Uh, bank accounts were gone. Business was toast. I mean, it was, everything was gone. Reduced to just about nothing. And there wasn't anything I could do. Most of the time I've been able to rely on myself to, you know, go back to work or something like that. I couldn't even do that. I was I was stuck. There was nothing I could do. Hmm. So, very very low point in my life. And at that point, did you immediately turn to Jesus? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, that's good. No, because at that point, like I said, I'd, I'd become so engulfed in my sin and being selfish and just I was just hard headed or hard hearted, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That. I'm like, well, we'll just get we've we've got out of everything else. We'll get out of this too. And and I think it's important, you know, 
for for listeners to, to, to kind of process, there's this thought that we, we often have that if that person just gets brought to their lowest point, they'll immediately turn to Jesus. Or maybe you're somebody that's putting off that relationship with Christ going, well, at some point I know I'll turn. But the reality is, like our, our worldview can shape everything. And our sin especially can blind us to everything. And so we can we can see all these things take place and we still come up with a different explanation. We right. can we can argue our way out of it. We can like you said, we can turn inward instead of turning upward. Right. I mean and that's that's pretty much what I did. There was a reason and excuse for why you know, why I was here, it was my choices, now I gotta get myself out of it. Okay. You know, what's the you know, everybody just work harder. Yeah. Okay. You know, get yourself out of it. Right. So um at that point So you're thirty yet at this point? I was twenty nine when this happened, so okay. I turned thirty. I was in a was in a in a cast when I was thirty. So um at this point I had I think it was a few months later, um, some friends of ours, mine and Lee's, kinda wanted us to meet. I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm done. I don't want anything. You're not really interested in another another female companion no. at this point. And in I'm time. like things kinda went bad with the last one. Right. right? Yeah. And I'm why in the world would anybody wanna Okay. You know, I'm I'm it just didn't make sense to me why somebody would would even be interested in getting to know me. Yeah. Like I have nothing. Yeah. And so in my mind I had nothing to offer. Okay. So um my wife now, she was persistent. So looking back now at the time I was like why in the world it just didn't make sense to me and I think I made the joke I'm like I don't need another crazy girl she what is she doing yeah and she saw something that I didn't even see okay um in myself and you know thank the lord she was willing to stick it out to see if I would get it someday it took some years later but okay yeah (laughs) so um, she was pretty persistent about, you know, at least meeting up and, uh, we did. And I mean, it, I pretty much, I don't, I don't want to say I tried to run her off, but I was like, I but got, you pretty much did try to run her off. I'm like, I got nothing, nothing. I, I think, and I told her the story later on. Um, I didn't have the money to take her out to lunch. Wow. That's how low we were. And I had sold some, I had sold some like used car parts just to take her to lunch. That's how low we were. And I'm like, you can't tell her this, you know? She yeah. Went, oh, yeah. But then, you know, after the fact, after, you know, we got married or something, I, I told her that and she was like, wow. But, hmm. um, you know, she, she was, she really kind of stuck it out and looking back, it's like, man, you really did see something that mm-hmm. I didn't see in myself. So kind of, kind of a special moment. Yeah. That's cool. So, she um she had I would say you know no one no one's perfect but I, I tell people and I brag I'm gonna brag on my wife a little bit she was perfect for me um if anybody knows me I can I can kind of I could kind of run over somebody you know if I get an idea in my head or something like that and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it she she can hold me in my place. And she does a pretty good job of it. So she, um, you know, keeps me in line when she needs to. And she lets me run when yeah. when I need to run. So, yeah. and that, that was a, she helped me get over a lot of that stuff, a lot of those insecurities and okay. a lot of, you know, just building up to 
where we're at now. All right, so you and Lee begin to see one another. And I don't remember now, and you'll forgive me, you guys were already married when y'all started coming around here or, or not? I, I just don't remember. No, so Lee had um, Lee had given her life to Christ. You know, I was kind of living under the, the guise of I had given my life to Christ when I was younger. Sure, you know? right, yeah. We're, we're, getting good, our, yeah. we're getting our life straight. Okay. So we had... Before we had got married, we were we were visiting churches in the area, trying to trying to find a church because we knew she knew the whole time like this is she had been going to church and she's like okay we've got to do we need to do it this way and I'm like yeah yeah I agree we got to do this <laughs> you're like man she she'll give me attention whatever right right, yeah, right. Okay. I mean you know in 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 the back of my mind I was like yeah we do I, mm-hmm. I've messed everything else up we we need to do this and. You know, so we we ended up here at Malvern Hill, and we just you know we liked it, and I think we had some conversations with you guys or with you before, and um, this is where we ended up. Okay. So. But you get here, you know, and then over time the Lord begins to work in your life and to show you that you had been doing everything on your own. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> I had, um, I mean, even because I mean, look, like, like I, 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 to go back to that first time we met, you know, you're like, hey, I shouldn't be here, but you know, I'm a Christian, everything's good, right? right. So we're 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 moving forward. Yeah, I got my fire insurance when I was younger, so yeah. we're good. But yeah, so I I had kind of bought the lie that you know I I was fine, whatever, and I and it, I'd lied to people here because I was uh-huh. lying to myself. I'm okay. like, yeah, I'm a Christian, and um, I mean, we're involved in the church here in life groups um and there was one day it didn't happen all in one day but we had got to know some people and uh one of the guys had come up to me and he's like i know i know what the deal is and i was like what are you talking about he's like hey i know because i was i was kind of in your shoes I, I i know you know this he didn't come right out and call me a liar but he kind of did which i was and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't been found out. Right. Okay. I, I, it's, now it's panic mode. Oh, so well, now okay. it's like, okay, wait a minute. How can I destroy this? How can I run so that I don't look bad in this situation? Wow. Okay. So now I'm, 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 I'm not really a runner. I like to fight things head on. But now I'm, I'm in crisis mode. We got to, we got to fix this. But, um. Thankfully, the Lord. I don't know that part of the story, so that's just right. yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was running around here trying to. We were going to torpedo it, you know, whatever we had to do. This is know. just you at this point. This was not you and Lee, right? This is me and the devil. Okay, we, we about to torpedo this deal, um, just because, you know, it was going to make me look bad. You wow. know, I've told everybody, hey, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm doing this. I'm, you know, we're getting our our lives right. But you know, thank the Lord, this guy. Um, had the courage to to have that conversation with me because honestly, if he hadn't have ever had that conversation with me, there's no telling where I'd be or my family. Wow. So at that point, um, I'm trying to figure out quickly how I can, we got to leave. We got to go. Wow. And, um, thankfully I, I did not get that opportunity. Okay. Um, some of the messages you were preaching, um, were already speaking to me. Uh, then some of you know some of the guys here that had that we had become friends with some it was just little things, and I remember the same gentleman told me he's like I'm praying for you. Those are the most dangerous words. Wow. I mean that's I've been in some dangerous situations, but that's probably the most dangerous 
words that somebody spoke to me, I'm praying for you, and they know that I'm not where I should be. Wow. And um, not long after that, I was I couldn't run anymore. Um, Tanner had some stomach Who is issues. Tanner? Tanner's my oldest, sorry. Tanner's my oldest um, at the time. He wasn't even a year old. And I always get this, like, uh, you know, you, you, you have kids and they change change your life, which they do, but it wasn't something that pushed me towards Christ. Okay. Um, but um, he was up. He had stomach issues, and he'd wake up all, all hours of the night. So about 3.30 one morning, he woke up screaming. I got him up, was sitting in there on the couch, and, and got him to sleep and just left him on the couch, was sitting there. And um, so I'd been hearing some messages that you had preached. I'd heard some mess, you know, messages from other guys and I turn on the TV at four o'clock in the morning there's nothing on and there's a preacher on TV just like sounds like a Ron White joke man right you know it is what it is but it's the same message wow and I'm like man and the message is you 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 can't get there on your own Mm. works and I'm like I'm just tired at this point I'm tired of getting it is four o'clock in the morning but I'm I'm Physically and spiritually just tired. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living a lie. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not fighting you anymore. I'm, I'm, this is it. So at like four o'clock in the morning, I'm on my knees in my couch or on, in my living room on the couch, just literally surrendering to the Lord at that point. I'm, I'm done. And, uh, you know, there's <laughs> everybody. <laughs> You know, it's four o'clock in the morning. You know, what, what do you do now? <laughs> like, call somebody and tell right, them, right? Right. Yeah. Do you know you're sitting there? And, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to touch your kid. He's like a, you know, he's he's sleeping. You can't go wake your wife up. It's four o'clock. So, but you know, life life changed after that because this time we, we I was serious, and uh, you kind of have to go back to people and be like, I was living a lie. Wow. You know, I. I I told you this, but here's where we're at. You know, was that a personal question? Was that a hard conversation for you to have with your wife, um, or was she more like, "Yep, knew that one"? Yeah, she she Lee has really good ability to figure people out. Okay, uh, she knew, but yeah. she was she was very um, very. Lee's always been. I'm very sure it's supportive. a terrifying conversation, like because none of us really love to go and look at, especially the people that that we love, and say, "Hey, I, I, I've been lying to you." Right. It's, it was, you know, just I become a Christian, you still have those, those tendencies of, you know, that selfishness and stuff like that. So Lee kind of knew she lives with me day in and day out. Okay. So she knows, she knows the fruits weren't there. Okay. Um, so that the conversation wasn't easy, but you had some more difficult conversations with people you kind of, you know, hear at church that you've wow. yeah. kind of had this guys and it's like, wait a minute. And, you, you know, you just have to take it on the chin. Mm. And it, you know, it didn't know what to do. You just pray about it. I mean, that was one of the things with me was I tried to do everything myself. And I realized at that point, I can't do this. I couldn't save face. I couldn't save myself. I couldn't go to these people. I was just had to lay it at the feet of the Lord and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. show me what to do. And and it, it worked out. I mean, we was honest with people, and and it's 
you know, everybody just came came alongside me and, and loved on me and started to disciple me on, okay, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, the question was, what now? Well, there were some men in our church that come up next to me and was like, okay, here's what's now. Hmm. This is this is what you've done. Now you need to start living for Christ. And yeah. I remember you had said, um, you know, it changes the trajectory of your family's life. And it, it really has. Um, just that decision um, and, and taking a stand for Christ. Hmm. It's, it, it, it's changed, changed the trajectory of my, my family. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll brag on you for a minute just to detour from your story a little bit. Um, one of the things I hope some people who are listening to this hear this this wild story, and it is it is pretty crazy. Like there's there's even more. We don't have time for all the detail, but I mean it, it is, man. I mean you you really are. It's God God has preserved your life several times to bring you to where you are today. Um, but so you're you know Air Force veteran. You are uh, business owner. You know we we hunt together. You you hunt without me, and, and that's better for you usually. Um, but I mean, like you're, you're, you're doing all these things and yet when, when we start needing people to serve in our church, you're showing up and you're volunteering to work with, you know, second, third grade kids. And I, I just, I just want to make sure that folks that are hearing this understand how important it is in our church body to make certain that in our children's ministry, we don't just have women in there. We've got men in there. And we got we got like we got men who who could do anything that are choosing to serve in there. You're not the only one, right? Uh, but I, I just want to make sure that folks are hearing that. So, like you you shared this story at a um, sort of a men and boys gathering uh, about a year ago, I guess. Was yeah, that, was it? Yeah, was, I think it was it last spring? And I was at that time. You were my youngest son Sloan's life group leader, and and for me it was so awesome for Sloan to hear you tell your story because. Sloan left, and then Sloan at that time was in third grade. And for him, what registered, really resonated with him was, wow, Daddy, if if Mr. Lanny had died then, like he wouldn't have known Jesus, and I would have never known him. Right. You know, so, but just, I, I want to make sure that, that his guys are listening to this, and ladies are listening to this too, but for, for the men that are hearing this, I want to make sure that you hear that there's always a place for you in the church. There's always a need for you to step up in the church, but don't neglect the opportunity there is to serve in in your children's ministry, whether you're at Malvern Hill or somewhere else, because our kids need to see men, and they need to see men who are willing to get their hands dirty. They need to see men who are willing to lead. We, we need to see men and women serving in our children and student ministry who are there not because they have to be, but because they choose to be. Right. And, and that's what... You know that that's that's just to, to, that's sort of a, a side note from 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 your story that you found a sweet spot you and Lee have in serving in that area. You guys could just as easily be teaching adults or teaching teenagers, but you guys are giving yourself right now to teach children and, and to lead them. And man, it's it's such a blessing in our church that we've got folks like you guys who are willing to do that in our children's ministry. Well, we went a period of time, and it's just like everything else. Um, you know, we, we love the kids, and the devil works on you in different ways. You know, you, we could be doing something different within the church. But um, I remember there was a time where Lee and I were, you know, kind of battling some of that stuff. 
and it seemed like in one weekend we had four kids just out in public. Some of them we talked, some of them just knew because we were around, just come up and just hugged us. Really? And I was like, That's yeah, awesome. we're right where we need to be. Yeah, t- tell, tell me just real quick, um, because uh, I'm, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So you, you, you gave your life to Christ right. there at four in the morning. Um, you made a public profession of faith. You were baptized here. Right. So I, I got to baptize you, which is awesome. Right. Um, then begins that journey toward Christ. But that 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 journey necessitated some some changes for you guys. like Because when you stopped playing church... Right, you got serious about it. And I'm, I'm not trying to put your business out there for everybody, but but you and I had several conversations about, hey, I've got to find a way to make sure I'm leading my family for the church to be an integral part of who we are, right. not just a place that we show up at, at sometimes. That's, those are my words, not yours, but that was the idea behind it. So right. what, what did that process look like for you? It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, because... I mean- yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it, it's it's uncomfortable because you guys had, had, had built a life where the church was in the periphery and it was a part of who you were, but it wasn't it wasn't in the center. Right. So, I mean, we realized, and it it was it was difficult and it was awkward. And I when I speak to a group of men, you know, I come at it from a stance of you know we we need godly men, we mm-hmm. need guys to step up whether. It's there with your family or in the church. Start with your family. Yeah. And that's tough. It's (laughs) tough. I mean, I didn't know how to lead a devotion. Um, My kids see me lose my cool, holler at them, you know, see me do stuff I'm not supposed to. And now I'm going to sit here and... Hey, I'm, I'm do a devotion, dude. I'm I'm leading a I'm leading a uh, an equipping study for men right now and young men. And part of that's just talking about what it is to be a godly man and father. And Wyatt, my oldest son, is sitting in that class. So Sunday night, I recognize I'm saying this stuff. And I'm like, man, y'all, this kid knows whether or not I, that, that, that sometimes I'm not always practicing what I preach. That's hard. Yeah. But, you know, I look at it, you kind of change your way of thinking and say, you know, I've looked at my boys and say, hey, you know, I don't always get it right. Okay. But I try. Yeah. And, uh, and that's another big thing is, you know, being willing to say yes when the Lord leads you somewhere. And I want my boys to be able to grow up and know that, you know, their parents were willing to say yes when the Lord was telling them to go or to do something. They, they, they knew that their parents would say yes, and hopefully that sticks with them. Yeah. And hopefully that sticks with the, the kids that we come in contact with. Yeah. I mean, that's... If we're not raising up the next generation of, of you know, adults, mm-hmm. start with the kids that are willing to say yes for Christ, then yeah. we're, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Yep. If, if I could have, like, the greatest victory that come out of this podcast for me today would be there's somebody listening to this podcast today who's in the same place Lanny was six, seven years ago. That that that's been that's been playing playing church, playing playing Christian for a long time, and they hear this podcast. And they they've heard they've heard the same messages multiple times you have where they hear it at four o'clock in the afternoon four o'clock in the morning right they hear this podcast and they go that's my life okay that 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 would be for me the greatest win we could see Lenny what would you say to that guy or that girl that man that woman that hears this today four o'clock in the afternoon four o'clock in the morning they hear this and they go that's me what what would you say to them just say yes okay give give it up say yes because at the time you know you're fighting all these battles. Um, the devil's gonna—he's gonna lie to you. He's gonna tell you your life's not gonna be any better. 
I can tell you one of the biggest fights we had was after I accepted Christ. And it's, you know, the devil had us right where he wanted us mm. before. And then we accepted Christ and started, or I accepted Christ and started living, you know, taking my family the way, even though it was, it was a mess. There's sometimes, it's, you know, and we don't always do it the right way, but we try. But the, the devil's fighting you every, every step of the way. Just say yes. You're not always going to get it right. Mm. But I can tell you now over, over the years, and we've been blessed in other ways. Um, yeah. You know, had the opportunity to go to Scotland. I've had opportunities to, you know, do different missions here overseas. I mean, just had the opportunity to, to disciple and minister to people that, because we were willing to say yes that I would not have had. Mm-hmm. So the fight's worth it mm-hmm. is what I would say. Yeah. Just just say yes. And when you said yes to Christ, did he meet you there? He did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm, I appreciate you doing this and, and being here today. Um, any any other advice for that that dad that's that's trying their best to lead their family toward Jesus? You you gotta. I mean, if you don't go to church here, there's easy to reach out to people. But I mean, it it is nerve wracking to to start that. But once you start, it gets easier. Yeah. Um, reach out to somebody. You yeah. know, you got people here. You got people in the community that that'll come alongside you. Whether yeah. you go to church here or not, yeah, you know, ask for help. As and men, we don't like to ask for we, help. We don't, but but again, like we we would love for you to be here. There's always an open door at Malvern Hill, but wherever you are, like the responsibility of the church is to be that community, right? right? To to be that 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 family, so that when you say yes to Jesus and you say yes to Christ's church, that there's somebody to help you, because that's that's one of the things I think, man. These these people want to lead their family toward Christ. I don't know what to do. Well, let me let me show you somebody that's. It's a few years ahead of you, or maybe maybe yeah. a couple of decades ahead of you that can help you to get to that place. Um, but but yeah, there's always help. There's always help. And what the Lord's given us, I mean, and I know He's given to you and me, is 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 a lot of folks come around us, a lot of men that we can share share Jesus with and share life with, and and you know a whole lot of right now. I, I bet you you got a, a whole phone full of four a.m. phone calls you can make if you need to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good deal. Lanny, I appreciate it. I thank you so much for being here. Uh, those of you that listened today, uh, thank you for tuning in. Again, what 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 Lanny would hope, what I would hope, if you heard this today at 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. or any time in between, uh, if you've been playing church for a long time or a short time, uh, if this is the first time you've ever even considered what it would be like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, Jesus died to save you from your sins. He wants, he wants to have a relationship with you. Say yes today. Don't put it off. Say yes. Um, it's okay if you don't know what the next step is. It's okay if it's four in the morning. You don't know who to call yet. Say yes. You can call one of us. You can reach out to a pastor. Uh, we we want to see what God can do as you say yes to him because he already said yes to you. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking toward Easter already. and at, at Easter, we celebrate Christ's resurrection. On Good Friday, we celebrate the fact that he said yes, is willing to die for our sins and be raised. Um, on the third day so that we might live with him forever. So, Lanny, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. It is my hope and desire uh, that you would take anything that you've heard here on the Ordinary Christian Podcast and apply it to your life today. I hope to see you again next week as we continue to do all that we can uh, to practice our faith in the margins and and, and the, the pathways of everyday life. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. 
I hope that you will use the information in this podcast to encourage you to love Jesus in the ordinary aspects of your daily life. Jesus surrounded himself with very ordinary people who made a difference in the world because of their Savior. You can make a difference too. If you would like to read more of my writings or find other podcasts, you can find information about me on my website at www.craigthompson.org. For information about Malvern Hill Baptist Church and sermons from our church, you can go to our website at www.malvernhill.org. Until next time, use the ordinary margins of your life to make an extraordinary difference in the world around you.